Well, as he said, my name is Bobby Moore. Uh, I've been here at Antioch, and my husband, Jim Moore, and I, I'm missing him. He's always gone somewhere. Where is he? <laughs> well, he's here somewhere. Uh, in fact, we have pictures of him and I, and if somebody will put that picture up there. Now, he and I have debated whether who's the oldest, the car or us. <laughs> uh, I believe maybe the car. <laughs> and we have a hard time finding people who's older than us. But that's us at the event here in College Station when we came three years ago. And we've been here in November, it'll be two years in Antioch. And the next picture is my family, minus two people. That's my son and daughter and their families and us. And there's two missing. My son's two oldest were at Bethel School of Ministry during that time, and they couldn't come. So I didn't, don't have them in the picture, but that's my family. Aren't they pretty? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really, I'm glad that he brought up again, Tyler brought up again, about our goal this year to move from consumers to uh, engagers. Uh, it, I, I was blown away when he told me, I thought, yes, that's what we need. And the idea uh, of this, these tables makes it so much more personal and something that we can do every week and get, in the com get out of our comfort zone and into a new zone, which is the zone of engaging each other, not just at the tables, but at your workplace, at your jobs, yeah. at school, or at the restaurant. You know, and we need to get in the place where we feel comfortable doing that. And because it's so important. The subject that, this, that we're studying this time is every week we have a let us out of Hebrews that somebody speaks on a, a subject. My subject turned out to be gratitude. And it turned out really to be a deeper subject than I figured. You know, I looked, well, that should be pretty easy to teach. But then whenever I got to digging, I began to find, find out there's a lot more to it than just that. Thanks, and I want to clear something up. Thanksgiving is not gratitude. Thanksgiving is an action. Gratitude is an attitude or a disposition within us. And Thanksgiving flows out of gratitude. Worship flows out of gratitude. When we worship and we really feel the presence of the Lord, it's because our hearts are full and overflowing with gratitude. We have a reservoir in us that holds gratitude, it holds our faith, it holds everything. I want y'all to keep that picture in mind, that picture of a reservoir. The text that we have for today is Hebrews 12, 26 through 28. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made, in order, that things, in order that things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. We have gratitude because we have faith that we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And because we have a God who is never changing. He is always the same, yesterday, today, and forever. Right. And we can, we can stand on that in whatever situations we come to. 
Gratitude is rooted and it grows in what God's word says about his kingdom and our place in it, as well as about our testimony concerning his consistent faithfulness in our lives. It says we are receiving the kingdom, receiving indicates an ongoing process. Now we all know that sanctification, being changed, is an ongoing process. We receive the kingdom more and more as we are more and more sanctified and come into the image of Christ. Right. So it's a process. As the word of God and our testimony in us grows, our gratitude grows. As our gratitude grows, our faith grows. As our faith grows, we receive and begin to dwell in that unshakable kingdom and become overcomers in it. Because if we're in an unshakable kingdom, we need to be overcomers, right? I don't think we can even be there unless we become overcomers. Now, there are physical effects that our choices have on our mind and brain. This includes the choice to have a grateful attitude. In Psychology Today, it says this about the effect of gratitude. Quote, brain scans of people assigned a task that stimulates expression of gratitude show lasting changes in the prefrontal cortex that heightens their sensitivity to future experiences of gratitude, unquote. It literally rewires your brain. Whenever you concentrate on gratitude, if you're an ungrateful person, you can change that by rewiring your brain by choosing. And it goes on later, I'll, I'll show how, how big choice is in this matter. Solomon basically says the same thing in Proverbs 23.7a, says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Another version says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So he's talking about a rewired brain. What we think, if we think of sin, we think of, or we're full of ungratefulness, that's what we become. And hey, you've been around ungrateful people. You know, they're negative all the time. It's like glass half empty, glass half full uh, scenario. Uh, so where do we start to reverse the negative way that we think. In 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it tells us how. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bringing, now that indicates a choice you make. The unshakable kingdom has already been brought by the Jesus, and we need to be overcomers in it. Our reservoir of gratitude and faith means remembering and declaring all God has done for us and others, and combined with the promises made in his word, then it grows both our gratitude and our faith. When kept full, it keeps us overflowing. As my husband told me the other day, and I thought it was very profound, he said, you know, a container's not full when it's up to the brim. It's only full when it's overflowing. And that's what this is all about bringing us to a place of where we overflow into those that we meet every day. Excuse me, I'm getting my pages mixed up here a little bit. Revelations 12:11 says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. There are three parts to becoming an overcomer in that scripture. 
The first is, part is the blood of the Lamb. The second part is the word of our testimony. And the third part is that we love not our lives unto death. And I want to talk a little bit about, we know about the blood of the Lamb. We hear about that all the time. We don't have any, any doubt that the blood of the Lamb is powerful. But what about the word of our testimony and that they love not their lives to death? What power is there in that? Because this is a powerful scripture that brings three elements together that make us overcomers. The first part is the blood of the, of, uh, the power in the blood. It is a finished work. First of all, I want you to know, he came in the flesh, he died for our sins, he went to hell, paid the price, got the keys, came up, gave them back to the church so that we would have a church that is powerful. That's his part. That's God's part. And he's already done it. I mean, it's finished. He said it on the cross. It is finished. I want to go to the third part, though. The third part of overcoming power is that not loving our lives, even if it means death. Well, I see it a little bit differently. In uh, death, sometimes it's easier to take a bullet for God than to change our will and purpose to his will and purpose. You know, so uh, I think that is our part. As we began to yield to his, in our yielded state, the Holy Spirit can do the work in us and through us that he has already purposed in our life. He says he, he formed these things in us before the foundation of the world. And if he did that, they're there just waiting for us to access them. So he's already purposed things in our life, but he's wanting us to align ourselves with his purposes and not with our own purposes. The middle overcoming power is the word of our testimony. Because of the word of our testimony is how we keep our reservoir of gratitude and faith overflowing. So this is where we get to the gratitude part. It's gratitude and the faith that it builds in us. Because, you know, when you see, Jim and I, a lot of times we'll sit around and we'll just talk about all the things God's done in our life. We've heard it a thousand times. We know it. And we're not telling each other anything new. We're just reminding ourselves, which we need to do, of what God has done. He even was with us when we weren't walking faithfully with him. He was doing things for us that he didn't have to do, but he was taking care of us even then. So his faithfulness has been proven to us over and over again. But after he and I had one of those little sessions, our faith grows. We just kind of leave that conversation that we've had overflowing because something has changed because when we let that gratitude rise up in us and we testify to each other about what God has done, there is an overflow. And, and it shouldn't just be full. That's consuming. Just being full is consumers. We want to be more than consumers. And this is the how we do it. The word picture I see of the word of our testimony is like, here's this reservoir of faith and gratitude, okay? appears this little spigot. And sometimes it's just on drip mode. But God wants us to turn it up full scale. I mean, turn it all the way until it's gushing out. And it pours, the word of a testimony pours into us. It increases our gratitude, it increases our faith. And we can't help but be changed by it. I mean, even the world says it changes our brain. You know, it changes the prefrontal part of our brain and rewires it. And, and Solomon says the same thing. So we want, do you want to be rewired? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just about gratitude. Right. I mean, this is a proven 
physical fact that the world recognizes. They recognize a lot of God's principles. It was God's principle before they ever discovered it, you know. And this is the beautiful thing about God's principles is they, they're there whether you believe it or not, and they're going to work whether you believe it or not, you know. And so this is what we're, we're doing whenever we, we turn that tap on full, full force. And not just to your husband or your wife, but to those that you meet when opportunity presents. I'm not saying just go out there and give your testimony to everybody. God makes divine appointments. And if you don't pray for divine appointments, you should start praying today because he makes divine appointments where you can share, even in a restaurant. I've had people cry because I just asked them if I could pray for them in a restaurant. And they would start weeping because they had a need and nobody seemed to care. Nobody looks them even in the eye even. They just take the service and move on. So everywhere we go, whether it's our job, whether it's our school, whether it's in a restaurant, whether it's a mother taking care of her children and visiting with a neighbor, whatever it is, the word of our testimony has great power. You know, all three elements combined make us overcomers. The blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, and that we have yielded our life fully to him. So as we do this, and as we go forth in this, we have power in what the blood has bought for us. Two, we have in our gratitude and increasing faith in what he has done for us. And three, that our wills are yielded without reservation to his plans for us. This is what makes us overcomers in the unshakable kingdom that we are receiving. But our part in it is to make the choice, choose to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against God. And doubt is uh, a sin just as surely as some evil thought is a sin. So we can change everything about our lives by making those choices in our, in our mind. Uh, one thing I want to add here, because I think this is, is um, a truth that blessed me so much. Our mind is made up, uh, I mean, our body, we're body, soul, and spirit. Our soul is made up of intellect or mind, emotions or feelings, and our will. God gave us a free will, so we can make a choice. <laughs> And we make choices every day. So this person that I shared this with me said, our will is the gate. It's a will gate. And I just refer to it as a will gate. It is either turned toward the spirit or turned toward the world and our flesh. And it can only be turned one way at a time. Now, it may do a lot of flipping through the day, you know, but it can only be turned toward the spirit or toward the flesh. And whichever way it's turned is what has access to our emotions and our mind and our thoughts. So that is a choice we make. And God gave us the right to make that choice. He didn't force it on us. He's not gonna force anything on us, but he will give us the power we need to make that choice when we need to make it. So in conclusion, I want to say this, Colossians 2, 16 in the Amplified. Let the word spoken by Christ the Messiah have its home in your hearts and minds and dwell in you in all its richness as you teach and admonish and train one another in, in, in all insight and intelligence and wisdom and spiritual things. 
And as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody to God with his grace in your heart, out of the richness of his word and his faithfulness in our hearts, let us, there's another word, let us, teach, admonish, encourage one another through the words of our testimonies concerning his faithfulness, because that's, that's what we're, we're grateful for. We're grateful for his faithfulness and his timing. This is another thing. You know, we need to wait on God's timing. The children of Israel couldn't do that. They would always cry before God did something. And I'm not going to go into all of that, but uh, we don't want to be griping because God's not doing it fast enough for us. We just need to trust him that he's doing it. Okay, I want to pray for you. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that we become overcomers, that we have hearts so full of gratitude and the faith that that builds, Lord, that it will overflow everywhere we go. Lord, our countenance will be changed. Our mind will be changed. Everything will be changed as we choose your will and purposes, as we choose your word and your principles over the world's Father. We thank you, Lord, that as we declare your faithfulness to others, that we are imparting something to them. We're imparting our faith and our gratitude to them so they can be full and overflowing. So, Lord, today, that's what I hope we do. I think as we sit around these tables, they will practice sharing the mighty things that God has done, the testimonies that we have to give. And there's many testimonies in this room, I can tell you. So, Father, let, let us... Re Stir those up in us, the ones that we need to share. There's too many to share all today. But Lord God, in Jesus' name, let us fill one another's reservoir of faith and gratitude up today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.